Okay, today is March 13, 2022. We're in our unit on Christian discipleship. We had about the call of discipleship last Sunday, and now today we're looking at a serious lesson about the cost of discipleship. And so we'll be looking at that, but we've taken prayer requests, and I'm going to ask Brother Mickey to go ahead and lead us in prayer. I think it's his turn. Father, we're thankful today, thankful for your goodness, your blessings, and your watch care overs, your hand that ever reaches down to touch and to lift and to undergird us. Father, today we have needs in the body, but Lord, you are the healer of all our sickness, all our diseases, all our hurts and our pain. Lord, you cleanse, satisfy, and heal us body from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. And we ask you to minister to Paula today. Father, you see the need within her body, and you are aware, dear Lord, of her situation and her circumstances. We pray, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would be with her and Glenn today, Lord, and comfort them, guide them, and direct them in the things that lie ahead. Lord, we pray for the doctors to rightly diagnose her situation and give her the medication that is needed or the surgery that is needed. Father, today we continue to lift up. Mary Alice and uh, Dennis to you, Father, and ask you to continue to strengthen. We ask for their families, Heavenly Father, that are suffering from the flu, to, there would be a healing process, and Lord, that you would quench this fever and everything that is in attendance there. Father, today we continue to pray for Rebecca. Lord, that you would minister to her. Heavenly Father, help her to find a vehicle. Lord, this depression that the enemy is facing upon her. Heavenly Father, we know that you are the one that lifts us out of depression and gives us strength and the anointing to overcome the things that the enemy tries to throw in our path. Father, we just ask you to touch her today. Be with Opal today, Heavenly Father. Touch this ankle, Lord. May it be strengthened and refreshed in the muscles and the tissues that fitly joined back together as they should be. Give her strength and energy in her body and in her mind, Heavenly Father, to know that you are the author and the finisher of her healing. Father, today we are thankful to be in your house, but Lord, we lift up our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and in Russia today. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray, Lord, that your hand would continue to reach down. Lord, we know that you are covering them with your guidance and direction. Father, help those dear hiding that are in hiding places, Heavenly Father, to seek refuge in the neighboring countries. Heavenly Father, we ask your presence to be with them, to guide them and direct them, O oh God. Lord, for the pastors and ministers over there, Father, that are not only being persecuted, but now they're being trying to round up and, and destroy it. Heavenly Father, today we just give you glory and honor because we know that you are on the throne and that you see all and you're aware of every situation around the world. Lord, though most people don't understand it, Father, you are still there. You're guiding and directing. Father, we ask you to be with us today as we look into your word. Lord, there is a cost that is to be paid, and there is a reason for us here today. Lord, each of us has been called for a special purpose in this life. Lord, and we give you glory and honor. We ask your blessings upon this day. Heavenly Father, we thank you for it. Amen.
<laughs> yeah, that has in there, though the cost be great, I'll work for you. They sent us an interesting poster, this unit, which says, when, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. And uh, we, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? But he did say, if anyone will come after me, let him take up his cross. And the cross back then meant an execution that you're going to be facing. And, and so uh, it's a, it costs to follow the Lord. Uh, someone, maybe this same Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer, he's, he said that salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you everything. And uh, so it's true. There's a cost, but like I was um, talking with my brother last night and looking over the lessons, uh, I pointed out to him, you know, it does cost to follow the Lord, but it costs more not to follow the Lord. And so the Bible says, you know, to count the cost. And when you're counting the cost, you need to look at the cost in following the Lord and the cost in not following the Lord. And that's an eternal cost to not follow Jesus because without Jesus, we can't make it to heaven. And, and so it's, it, it costs more not to follow him than to follow him. And everything has a cost. Everything has a cost. Ukraine, what a cost they're paying, you know, to follow Jesus, because a lot of them are Christians over there, that, and they're uh, worshiping the Lord in their underground hideouts or wherever they're at, and uh, so, but God is moving over there. We see that uh, Russia didn't have it as easy as they thought they would to take over the country, because they They've lost 6,000 soldiers already, I understand, and, and uh, they've had trouble with their convoys. And so just keep on praying and uh, pray for that president that is staying with it, you know. He said, Solinsky or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, I don't know where he's a Christian or not, but he sure is brave, you know, to just stay there and not flee. And uh, from a Jewish family, he may be Jewish, yeah. No, I think the Lord is bringing David because there's some people there this morning on the that's in Ukraine. And Ukraine speaks Russian, you know, because mm -hmm. that all used to be Russian territory. Right. right. And th they're having trouble understanding why. Russia would come against Russia. Right. Uh, so you've got no, probably people. some cousins or distant relatives right. fighting each 
Well, he wants it back into Russia like the Soviet Union yeah. used to be is yeah. why. That's yeah. not why. If he takes Ukraine. That's not why? <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what's why? <laughs> you go back to the 1960s to the Cuban Missile Crisis oh, yeah. where the United States got upset because Russia had missiles pointed at us. It's the same thing, only reversed. <coughs> Putin's upset because he was promised that Ukraine would not join NATO and that there would be a buffer between him and, and the West. True. And they went back on their word. government that's in there now uh -huh. is a coup set up by the United States. Oh. Okay. So everything's not the way it is. Right. Yeah, you can't believe everything you hear on the news, that's for sure. But anyway, they are paying a cost. And uh, I made a list of all the 12 apostles last Sunday, you know, and put them on the board. And I, I checked out on Google how they all died, and nearly all of them were martyred, except for John. And uh, he was the, he was uh, abandoned, you might say, or sent over to Patmos, you know, to die. But God protected him, and and he was able to. After there was a change in emperors or whatever it was, he was able to come back then to Europe or two uh, Ephesus, and so he, he died of old age at Ephesus. But all the others, uh, four or five of them were crucified. They had to really literally take up a cross. And uh, we know Peter was crucified upside down, they say according to legend, and Andrew was crucified on an X-shaped cross, and so that's known as the Andrew cross. And even Philip was crucified, and Nathaniel was beaten and then crucified, and uh, some were beheaded, as they say that uh, John's brother James was the first one, you know, that was uh, executed or martyred in the apostles. And so it's interesting that James and John were brothers, and James was the first one martyred, and John was able to die of old age. Um, we know Jesus told Peter when he was old that they would take him where he did not want to go and stretch forth his hands, which seems to indicate crucifixion and the way he described it. And then uh, Matthew, he was axed to death, and uh, some were speared to death, and others, even one of them was thrown down from the pinnacle of the temple, according to legend, and, and then beaten and died. And uh, some were burned to death. Uh, they say Thomas was burned to death. And um, so they all suffered quite a cost, all right, in following Jesus. But like I said, the, the uh, reward is greater than the cost. 
And uh, Jesus told the church in Revelation 2, turn to it. In Revelation 2, he's, uh, no, that's not, that's Corinthians. I was reading this last night where he said in Revelation 2, um, 10, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. For the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. And so that's the important thing, is don't fear what you might suffer, because God will give you grace at that time if you are to uh, be a martyr. But he mainly is looking for those that are a living sacrifice. As Paul said, present your bodies a living sacrifice unto the Lord. And, um, of course, we will never pay the same cost that Jesus paid for us. And so that's why he said the, the servant is not above the master. And uh, we will never understand fully the cost that Jesus paid for our salvation. And, uh, but anyway, last week's study, we considered the changes that Peter and Andrew, James and John and Matthew underwent as they left their former ways of living for a new pursuit in obedience to Jesus. Initially, they gave up their careers in fishing and tax collecting, for instance, and eventually, as scripture and church history record, they would suffer and even give their lives. But each sacrifice they made just drew them closer to Jesus and his plan for them. And so this poster came from uh, what Diak Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I guess that's a German name, Dietrich, <laughs> was a Lutheran pastor. He was a theologian, but he was anti-Nazi. And uh, because of that, they arrested him and put him in a concentration camp where he was tortured and died at a young age of 39. So he paid that cost, all right, and he wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. Uh, so our uh, central truth is the Christian life requires total devotion to Christ. It's a serious thing to follow Christ, but it's a rewarding thing as well. Uh, and our, the uh, key verse is Matthew 10, 39, he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So, of course, we naturally recoil from an invitation to die, but if we read the Bible closely, we understand that the believer's willingness to die is not a death wish, but a commitment to Christ so intense and a love for him so fervent that life itself becomes secondary. 
were willing to make sacrifices in order to follow him supremely. So the good news of the gospel, the offer of forgiveness for sin and transformation of one's life, comes with an inseparable call to self-sacrifice. On the face of it, this may sound like good news, or not sound like good news at all. What a tragedy it is when people bypass the everlasting life Jesus offers, life made possible through his death and resurrection, in order to hold on to something that will fade away anyway. All right, so uh, that's in the introduction. And uh, our scripture starts with Luke 9, 57 through 62, about being holy. That's with a W, holy, devoted to Christ. You'll be holy, H-O-L-Y, when you are holy, devoted to I guess we'll start with Sherry, if she has that, Luke yeah. 9, 57 through 62. All right. <clears throat> 57. righty. This is the ESV I've got today. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man is nowhere to lay his head. And to another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, no one has put no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the uh, kingdom of God. All right. Thank you, Sherry. So uh, we see that uh, not everyone that Jesus called followed him. Some made excuses, and that's what we read there, that some said, well, I'll follow you someday, but first I need to do this or that, you know. And If Jesus isn't Lord of all, he isn't Lord at all, someone has said. And so it's a dangerous thing to put family or anything else ahead of what Christ has called us to do. And so that's why he was saying, let the dead bury the dead. He wasn't being callous, but it seemed like, they were saying, well, as soon as my dad dies, then I'll follow you, you know. So he said, well, just let the spiritually dead bury those that are dead. Come and follow me. And we don't know. Some may have repented and did follow him, but first they made these excuses. And uh, so he dealt with that and how that... Um, even though we're to love our family, our family must not come first. Christ must always come first. And uh, he wants us to love our family, but he doesn't want us to love them more than we love him. He has to be first. So that's why he said, well, I don't have a luxurious life. If you want to follow me, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. 
<clears throat> someone pointed out at the cross he finally found a place to lay his head when he died he bowed his head but anyway um, he said it, it will not be an easy life and so he he never said it would be a better roses as someone said you know <laughs> to follow the Lord and um, also, he warned about backsliding there. If you start following the Lord, don't look back. Keep on going. He even used the illustration of Lot's wife one time when he was talking about that, how that she looked back when God told her to just go forward and not look back. But she looked back with a longing in her heart toward what she was leaving. And so she became a pillar of salt. <coughs> so then we come to uh, love Christ above all others. That's what we're talking about. In Matthew 10, 34 through 39, We'll go back here to Alyssa, please. Matthew, <laughs> just five verses All right, St. Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 through 39 reads, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I, am come, I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father and the daughter against his mother, her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Like I said, he's, he's saying that he must be first place. And uh, so we must not put our family ahead of him. Or, and also, a lot of times, you know, someone will be converted and their family is not converted. And so they may even be disinherited for following Christ. That has happened. And uh, so he said, uh, just know that it's important to to be wholly dedicated to the Lord and to follow him and uh, when you first hear that or read it it sounds like the Lord's being harsh though. right but if you don't love him the most you can't lead those that you love to him so it is it's not harsh right it's good discipleship it's you gotta teach right. him what you gotta do yeah well when we face torture or, ten, or persecution, you know, if, if we don't love him above even our own life, we're going to cave and, and deny him. So he said his love must be number one in our lives. And uh, so, uh, like she said, it, it seems like he's being harsh, but he's, 
he knows that uh, it's very important that we're sold out to the Lord because if we seek to just save our own life, we'll lose it. But if we lose our life for his sake, we'll find it. And there again sounds paradoxical, but that is so true. And also I noticed in the 24th verse, which of course wasn't in there, it said the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his Lord. That's why I was quoting earlier because it's true that he never asks us to do something that he has not already done and even more than what... Well, yes, like yes uh, sir. Let me get you some mic. Before me and uh, Sister Truesdale was saved, she was very close to her family. I mean, even though they're, they're, uh, her grandfather was a pastor uh, of a Baptist church and she was raised up kind of around it and all of them. But, you know, I've always used to hang with her because, you know, they were very tight-knit and I was not raised to what was tight-knit. So that was something new for me, you know, how the affection they love. But sin was there. I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of alcohol, a lot of talking, perverted, and all that kind of things. But, you know, when you really love your family, you know, you just kind of, you know, because that's where you're comfortable. We surrendered our lives to the Lord. Oh, boy, did he come in, and he opened up a new little light on, on what it really means to be holy and what it is sinful. When he saved us, Boy, that, clo that closeness that we had to her family, we started to pull away. Nobody really, her, her mom been saved. Her mom was always kind of, you know, different, but we was really hanging tight with them. But when he saved us, they was going the wrong train, and that train was not going the right way. And, boy, you want to talk about that we started to pull away from them, and they started to get upset at us. Because why y'all doing this? I mean, they would come down on all, and everybody be laid all on the floor, and they would be everybody having a good time. But then when we got saved, we started going to church, be the first one there. But you not know, they was nowhere to be found. They slowly fell off of the way that they were going, and we got on a new bus going to heaven. And when we were talking about we going to church Sunday, nobody would go with us, and they quit coming around too. So when he talking about when you have to, you will. If you know, like I said, a lot of us not raised in Christian families, but then when he saves you, we're trying to reach out to them, but a lot of times they're not ready to come. So you do have to make a decision which way do you really want to go. If you love your family more, they're going to draw you back into darkness. But if you, but he, that's the reason why he gives you a new family. He gives you new relationships that are going the right way, and that right there gives you strength and you yeah. keep going. So I can testify Amen. on that. Yes, yeah. sir. Good testimony. And that's one of the things that's gotten us off center to where we are where we are. When people see their children doing wrong, instead of calling sin, sin, uh -oh. they revamp and say, well, you know, they really have this problem. Oh, they were born that way. You're right. You are born. You are born as a sin, and I'm all kind of different sins. So no matter how much I love you, I can't call your sin okay. I will always love you, but I hate sin, and I can't. I can't tell you you can live like that and you're okay. Because if I do, I've denied the Lord, and, and that's that's hard. 
Sure. Yeah, it is hard when you your family isn't saved and going along with you and everything. Yeah. But you know what? It's really not hard either because whenever, like you said, the Lord saved us, oh, and they were really concerned, you know, because I was close to my family. Are you okay? Okay. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm great. That distance that he put between it was like, it was a love for him. It was such a love yeah. that yeah. I didn't yeah. miss yeah. that lifestyle anymore. Yeah. So, it, no, it, it didn't hurt at right. all. Yeah. And that's so good. he protects you. And when he won't, when he's going after him, you're going after him, yeah. that's a greater love that you can't, nobody can really yeah, explain. It's, it's so real. You can't. Right. You're protected. Right. You're okay. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, too, because the Lord's done this with me. He's told me to shut up and pray. <laughs> you know, and I find right, out where right. I get hurt is when I start trying to do to his work. <laughs> and I was, that, that's funny because I was talking to a dear friend of mine and she's like, I keep telling my kids I need to do this and this. And I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you what the Lord t told me. He said, shut up and pray. <laughs> and that, and then it, it's like he said, that love, because then I'm like, okay, he's got them. I trust him yeah. and he loves them more than I do. That's true. So shut up. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's good. It's true that <laughs> the best way to win our lost loved ones is to love them and to pray for them. And uh, don't stop loving them, but don't let their love be above your love for Christ. Because then you will fall off. <laughs> well, I, 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 I will give her mom flowers today because the way her daughter was going denied her her mom was always on the back she was praying, praying for her daughter uh -huh. she was praying because she was more going with her uncles and aunties and it really had to hurt her the way that she was treating her but her mom was saying she was praying for her daughter praying for her son and just like you said, her mom didn't say a whole lot, but see, she was trusting the Lord. Mm -hmm. right. Because he drove this woman out of darkness. And now her and her mom has been closer than ever in that, in a, because her lights has been, her eyes has been open. Yeah, see, the enemy had her blind. Right. And that's what her mom can say, was that hard for you? Because she was so close with the wrong group. And now, now God has put everything right, and and boy, it is a beautiful thing to see. Oh, but see, we know that He's yeah. real because yeah. you look at. We don't say a whole lot, but we 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 have a real good testimony, and that is one compared to this yeah. because that enemy loved us to. He would love to keep us with the the family that was drawing that was drawing keeping us in darkness. Yeah. And her mom was the one that was in the light, and we didn't want to have anything to do with her. And we talk every day. Don't play. All the time. Like, all oh, you are just a beautiful thing. And she was right. right. Yeah. And yeah. her mom, her mom got broke. Her mom really got mistreated about her brothers and sisters. They just really tried to dog her and treat her like she was nothing. And then when we got saved, then we understood why she had to go through that. All right. Amen. Yeah, it's beautiful when they do come to the Lord and 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 you are united with them and they they recognize your testimony you know and they they know where you stand and uh, but it will bring division a lot of times that's why he said i didn't come to bring peace i didn't come to send peace but a sword because a, a sword is a dividing thing you know and so uh 
Because until you know the Lord, you don't know yeah. peace. Yeah. You right. think being nice and being kind and everybody getting along is peace. No, it's Come not. On, that's that's a lie. Yeah. That is a lie. It's a lie. Right. Yeah. That's good. Amen. Your only peace is in God. Yeah. He still does bring peace and uh, into situations, but sometimes there is that division first, and and uh, so he said that I've come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household, and so that that happens so many times when. When everybody is not a Christian and following the Lord in in a household, I was blessed to be raised in a good Christian home. You know, my my dad and my mom were missionaries to to the Indians in New Mexico, so I'm a missionary kid, and uh, it it really cost me more not to live for the Lord than to live for the Lord. And but there again, we have to realize that we can't really live for the Lord in ourselves. It has to take him living through us and loving through us. And so the, the, that key verse in Galatians 2.20, I like to stand on where it says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And when we realize just how much the Lord loves us, it's not hard to love him. And uh, we know when he was born, as I think our commentary talks about, the angel said, peace on earth. <laughs> but that peace on earth will be someday when Jesus is reigning upon the earth and ruling upon the earth. There will be peace in the valley. Oh, yes. Uh, for a thousand years of peace when Jesus comes back and reigns. But until then, there is these divisions, and uh, uh, we have to decide where we're going to put him first or something else or someone else first. All right. So the last section has to do with denying ourselves and following Christ. And that's found in Matthew 16, 21 through 27. Um, Larry, do you have that? I do. Oh, All right. We can get another reader in here. <laughs> Matthew 16, 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed on the third day, be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan, you are a hindrance to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Then Jesus told his disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake 
will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Earlier in that chapter, we find where Jesus, you know, questioned the disciples about who men say that I am. And, and they said, well, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah. And then he looked at them and said, but what do you say? Or who do you say I am? And Peter said, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus blessed him. And he said, blessed are you, Simon for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father revealed it to you. So that kind of puffed old Peter up, you know. All right, I got a blessing from the Lord by saying who he is. And uh, he thought he was something else probably because when Jesus tried to tell them what was going to happen to him, how that he was going to really suffer and... Uh, and be even killed <laughs> but will raise again on the third day and so Peter said oh no that can't happen to you <laughs> you know he loved the Lord he didn't want that to happen to him any more than we want our loved ones to have to suffer you know or to to go through uh, persecution but Jesus said that you're now not speaking what the Lord, what the Father has showed you, but you're speaking what Satan has showed you. And so he said, get thee hence, Satan. And uh, we have to be careful once the Lord uses us in a great way. Look out, the devil's going to try to trip us up. And, yeah. and uh, so we must not be proud of what we have accomplished for the Lord or what he, how he has used us. And uh, so uh, we're, we're told... Um, that um, I don't know where it's in here and another time where it says that even though he warned them about what was going to happen to him, how he was going to be scourged and crucified and then the third day rise again, it says it was hid from them that understanding of what he was referring to. And so... Uh, God will hide things from us sometimes until he reveals it onto us. And uh, so the disciples, they just didn't understand about what was going to happen to him because they looked at him as the king, you know, that was going to rule, and they were going to rule with him. And the, the cross wasn't in their mind at all. And... Uh, when he did die on the cross, they were bewildered and depressed. They didn't know what is going on, you know. They thought he was going to be their Messiah, that he was going to overthrow Rome and set up the kingdom. But that wasn't God's plan. God's plan was for him to give his life on the cross for the sins of the people. And uh, But... It was hid from them because uh, they uh, just 
couldn't understand how he could go through all that. And so uh, anyway, I was going to mention the fact that if you want to see more about persecution, just read the book of Acts. The apostles in, in chapter 5 uh, were told was, um, let me turn to Acts 5 real quick here. In verse 40, it says, they called the apostles, this uh, Pharisees and Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, and they beat them. Then they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and then let them go. And uh, as they departed, they weren't crying, oh my, what suffering we had to go through. But instead, it said they rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name's sake. So he gives a peace, he gives a joy in our hearts when we are going through persecution. And um, they, they let him go then, but then in Acts 7, we find where Stephen wasn't so... Uh, lucky as far as being let go. Instead, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and, and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, lay not this sin to their charge. In other words, forgive them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So first we see some of the disciples were beaten, but then let go. But now we see it's coming more serious on the persecution with Stephen being the first martyr for Christ um, in the seventh chapter. And then we go on to the twelfth chapter and we find where the uh, government is getting involved. About that time Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. Some say he beheaded him, some say he stabbed him, but anyway, he killed him. And so uh, James then becomes the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred. And so we're told in the scripture that he was martyred by the sword. We're also told about Saul or Paul, that he, uh, of course, Saul himself, before he was converted, was very uh, uh, zealous in persecuting the church, and we read that in the 8th chapter, and and uh, skip that, and then the 12th chapter we see where uh, James was slain, and then Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians, the 10th chapter, some of the sufferings and persecution he went through. Of the Jews, I received five times 40 stripes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, and they left him for dead, they thought, but God raised him up. And three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the in the deep or in the w waters, 
in journeyings often, perils of waters, perils of robbers, perils of my own countrymen, perils in the city and in the wilderness, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, hunger and thirst, fastings, nakedness or not having proper clothing. Beside those things that are without, then he also had the burden of the care of the churches. So we just think we are suffering. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, uh, like I said, it costs to follow the Lord, but it costs more not to. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you, Lord, that you give grace, and you, you are able to uh, see us through if we are called upon to suffer for your name's sake. And we know the church throughout the years has suffered for your name's sake. But you said that you will give them a crown of life if they're faithful unto death. And help us to be faithful unto you, Lord. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.